Our message this morning comes from the, the Gospel, chapter 21, verses 15 through 23. Hear the word of God. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep again. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Uh, we're continuing our, our series um, making all things new. These are Jesus's words in the, the book of Revelation, this resurrected Jesus speaking uh, to John. And so we've been uh, looking at these resurrection appearances, uh, first with Mary Magdalene in the garden at the tomb, um, and then at, with Thomas uh, behind locked doors with the ten. And, and now uh, these 11 disciples have made their way out onto a boat. They're, they're fishing again. And, and probably uh, one big takeaway is that God, uh, through Jesus' resurrection, has done something about the fear they had been li living in. There was something about uh, Jesus' resurrection uh, body and appearance. And I say body and appearance for a reason because that is what differentiates um, Christianity from every other religion on the face of the earth is that we believe in a bodily resurrection. And what's really interesting about these appearances of Jesus being uh, resurrected is that the disciples, um, they don't describe things in, in really uh, out-of-this-world terms, but they say that he's eating fish with them. In this passage, he's making breakfast for them. But at the same time, there's something different that they don't quite, they can't quite explain. And so they don't take the liberty of trying to communicate it. Why? Because they've never seen anything like this before. And they never expected this. And so it's, it's difficult. 
And so we actually see the resurrected Jesus in making all things new in quite ordinary ways with, uh, with his followers. And the same is true for us today, that as Jesus makes things new, it, it's not in, in big uh, uh, fireworks displays, it's in small, simple ways too, like, like breakfast, like being at the beach, like a fishing trip. And, and like this uh, beautiful friendship that Peter has with John. We, we see in, in all the Gospels that John and Peter have, have been in business together. They're business partners. They're, they're fishermen. Uh, they follow Jesus about the, about the same time. And we even see on into the book of Acts that they're still together. They're, they're going to the temple to worship together. Uh, these are really close friends. And so in making all things new, we see an interesting dynamic that stays with them. That uh, even before Jesus' death and resurrection, John describes himself as somebody that Jesus loves. Like he doesn't share his name in this gospel. He just says, I'm the one that Jesus loves. Like I feel like we're tight, right? And, and Peter is, is different, right? All our friends are not the same, are they? You know, if you just find yourself with a lot of yes people, they may not be our friends, right? But I find that, that I grow um, a husband or a father uh, or as a son or as a pastor when I'm around people that are not like me. Like those are the ones that really challenge me and, and help me to grow. And I believe Peter and John were this way too. Uh, John had a, a deep, uh, intimate knowledge and relationship with Jesus, and, and Peter did too, but it was expressed in different ways. Um, and so I think in this passage, how Jesus is making all things new, um, we see that Peter is somebody that, you know, he doesn't experience John the same way, or excuse me, experience Jesus the same way that John does, but he does put all the cards on the table, doesn't he? Throughout the Gospels, we hear about Peter's life probably more than anybody else. We hear about all his mistakes. And in some way, shape, or form, that's making all things new. It's an example to us that, that we don't have to be afraid of being our whole self, either with Jesus or other deep friends that are following him. So there's that dynamic where Jesus is making all things new. Peter is, is sharing a conversation with, uh, with Jesus and with John that only John seems to know. Mark hasn't talked about it. Matthew hasn't talked about it. Uh, Luke says nothing about it. Uh, this is from a deep friendship with John where, where Peter can be his whole self, his entire self. I think the other way that Jesus is making all things new is, is between Peter and Jesus. In each moment when Jesus is asking him, uh, do you love me? He prefaces it with Simon, son of John. Now, this is the way that Jesus spoke to John in the very beginning. He doesn't call him Peter. He says, you're Simon's son. It's almost as if Jesus is, is challenging Peter's love and loyalty just to him. Do you love me more than these? Then feed my sheep. 
Do you love me more than these? Simon, son of John, then take care of my sheep. And then he says it again, and Peter's just unraveled. Jesus, you know me. I think Jesus is making all things new in this relationship because we can even look back to the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember Peter's the one that pulls out um, a sword and cuts off a, a servant's ear. And Jesus and you and I think some kind of swath-buckling sword, you know, like some kind of pirate. But this sword would have actually been um, a small dagger. And guess who would have given that to him? His father, Simon. <laughs> His father would have given that to, to, be, uh, uh, to identify that this is my son. This is my heritage. This is, this is, this is where it all in. You know, he's mine. And I think by Jesus saying, uh, Simon, son of uh, Peter, excuse me, Simon, son of John, he is, uh, he's challenging that. He is saying, do you love me? And so I want you to hear this morning, the way that Jesus makes all things new for us, like he does Peter, is he helps us to keep it about our relationship with God. This relationship this over and above every other relationship. And you say, Neil, that sounds really extreme. The cross is really extreme. The resurrection is really extreme. Peter is changed by seeing Jesus. John is changed from seeing Jesus. These folks that were cowering and in fear spent the rest of their lives going in different directions, doing the things that Jesus did, and eventually going to their death because of what they witnessed of his love and what they had witnessed in the resurrection. The Bible will call them later apostles, which means that they have seen the risen Jesus and they have suffered for it. Those are the two things that all of these apostles have in common. So Jesus says to us to, to keep it about our relationship with Jesus, above all else, above anyone else, because it's in that relationship with Jesus that we are in that, that love and grace is imparted for those around us, not just mothers on Mother's Day, but our families near and far, our neighbors, people that just ride us, keep it about our relationship with Jesus. So he says to, to feed my lambs. What has Jesus been feeding the disciples but the word of God, but this personal experience? And it goes into our relationships. As Methodists, we, we talk about something called the means of grace. It's the ways that we experience the grace of God. Uh, we've already experienced some of that this morning, right? Uh, hearing the word of God and, and prayer. But one that we don't talk about as much is something called holy conversation. And you may say, well, that just sounds like a conversation you have with somebody when you don't cuss, <laughs> I would say you might if you're being real, but more importantly, you're involving Jesus in those conversations. God is not on mute. 
in these relationships. And he wasn't on mute between Peter and John. John knows all about Peter, and Peter knows all about John. And they talk about God in their lives. He's not a mute point. They're not afraid to bring up God. They're not afraid to ask for prayer. They're not afraid to say, I don't know what to do now. I give up. That, that is a, that's a, that's a holy friendship. That's holy conversation. And that's something that, that God calls us to. It's how we experience God's grace. And he says, feed my lambs, feed that grace to one another. Keep it about this relationship with God. Keep it about loving and serving God. When you help a friend or a stranger, you are serving Jesus. When you do good works in and through this church, you are serving Jesus. When you love near and far, you are serving Jesus. Now, no, I didn't say my church, because it's not even my church, is it? Right? It's his church. It's God's church. It's not my sheep. It's God's sheep. He's the one that gave everything for the people called the church. He's the one that has given everything for people called children of God. Peter, and he says, put out to deeper waters and, and let down your, your nets for a catch. The, the nets begin to rip. They begin to tear and they need help. But in this resurrection appearance, uh, they also pull in a, a boatload of fish and this time the nets don't break. This is a, a, a deeper word that, that John's trying to speak about what it means for all things to be made new. There's something about this new life in Christ where the things that we think might rip and break like they have in the past, they will hold. They will hold. The gospel will not only save, it will hold. It will hold us. So Jesus asks even a third time, do you love me, Peter? And in this, Peter, again, doesn't have the answer. He, he, he just says, you know what? You know it all. You, you know Jesus. And Jesus says this. Again, he says to, to feed, feed my lambs, to tend to them. There's something in this moment where Peter is beginning, maybe for the first time, to feel what we called, what we like to call in the church, being beloved of Christ. Meaning that God is wanting to, to be God in us not just to recognize God's presence in us. Like when you walked in the room this morning, you smelled chocolate, okay? I'm not saying you're gonna smell God like chocolate, though that would be a beautiful thing and God can do all things. But, but Christ in us, 
that presence where it seems like no matter where I go, I, I believe that God is with me because Christ is in me. The first time I went on a, a, a mission trip, it was to Belize, and we were in, uh, we were in the rainforest miles back. And um, I, was so, I was so thankful for that experience because, you know, back then there were no cell phones, but in my mind I also knew, you know what? There's no 911 in the rainforest. You know, people that I would lean on for security, they ain't here. But I had a deep, profound sense that Christ was with me. And I believe it was because Christ was in me and still is in me. The other part of of being beloved, as Peter is uh, about to, to know that he knows that he knows, and I believe that God wants us to know that we know that we know, is not only that Christ is in us, but also that we are loved by him. You know, it's, a, it's different from saying uh, God loves everybody. Well, that's, that's nice, that's good, that's true. But am I loved by him? Because that makes all the difference in the world. That's what challenges, it's not Father's Day, but that's what challenges me the most as a father is because I know how God has loved me. And I see how I need to love my children. And that's a lot to live up to. That's a lot lot to love up to. I almost wonder if Jesus is saying, Peter, have you been loved by me? Because if you've been loved by me, if you've received that love, I'm making all things new. And I would ask that question of us. Have you been loved by Jesus? Because that makes all the difference in our relationships. It makes all the difference in your world, no matter how small or big you believe it is. Last but not least, Peter looks at his best friend John, and he, you know, he's like, well, what about my good friend John? What, what's, gonna, what's going on with him? And you know, this is where Jesus is not the lapdog Jesus, you know, where he's just stroking your head and there, 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 Neil. No, this is where Jesus sits bold-eyed, you know, sitting right in front of us and just says, get your eyes off of John. Get your eyes, get your eyes right here and get in the game. Focus on me. Focus on me. What, what, what does John have to do with you? Because your life is all about how you're loving John, how you're going to love him all the way, no matter how the story ends, how you're going to love me, no matter how the story ends. I love basketball. I was talking about this a few minutes ago. I can't get enough of NBA basketball. I don't have cable and so uh, when the games aren't on, go to YouTube, and I'm just watching another Michael Jordan <laughs> uh, clip. I'm watching another Michael Jordan game. I, I just, I love to watch that man play. Just when you watch the game in, in real time, and does this acrobatic slam or moves and goes to the hoop, 
then they slow it down. They put it in slow motion. And then you begin to see just how amazing he really is, right? And I think that's how Jesus is speaking to Peter and us. We want to, we want to, we think of things in real time. We, we think of the, the D and we skip some letters and we want to talk about, you know, T, U, and V. But Jesus slows us down because it's in, it's in those slower moments where we're called to, to see him, to see him in us and to love him and to, to make the most of that moment with him, that he is making all things new. Let us pray together. God, we, um, we thank you for how you, you slow down Peter, because like, he's like us. We, we move a mile a minute, and he didn't need any help. <laughs> we don't need any help. But God, you, you, you make it so simple sometimes and you get real bold with us to keep it about relationship with you, to keep it about relationship with a few trusted others that we can, we can put it all on the table and not be afraid that, that somebody's gonna be afraid of what we've just said or how we've said it and that there's grace to, to, to sweep up the, the broken pieces and to trust you for more. So God, help us to slow down. Help us to, to feed others, to tend to others. God, help us to, to put you above all our relationships so that we can be and give all of ourselves to all of our relationships the way that you would have us live. It's in Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.